0: to the Unsolved Retold Podcast, where I take unsolved cases from the past, give you the background, meat and theories of the case, and let you guys at home form your own conclusion on what really happened. Today, we'll be trying to uncover the identity of the cryptic Circleville writer. Before I start, I want to warn listeners that this case will include mentions of stalking, sexual assault and child abuse. So if this may be triggering to you... I suggest you stop listening at this point. To set the scene, this case takes place from 1976 to 1994 in Circleville, Ohio, a town of 11,000 residents, most of whom at least have a high school diploma and 74% of married couples owned their homes. So how did this unassuming town become the subject of such a perplexing case? To give the background, in 1976, many residents began receiving hate mail, including threats, profanity, and personal information. All the mail was postmarked from Columbus with no return address. Messages included chunky block letters and were ominously signed, The Circleville Writer. Lesby, a local bus driver in her mid-30s, begins as the focus of the case. One day, she became one of the Circleville Writers' recipients. They accused her of having an affair with school superintendent Gordon Massey, the letter also reading, quote, I've been observing your house and know you have children. This is no joke. They urged Mary to cease the relationship, writing, quote, stay away from Massey. This already raises a few questions concerned with the writer's identity. Why was the letter writer so concerned about Massey? Are they close enough to the family to get this information? As always, these questions will be revisited later in the episode when we discuss the theories surrounding the case. Mary only told her husband, Ron Gillespie, about the letter and swore it was all false. Ron himself received a letter two weeks later, saying, quote, You have had two weeks and have done nothing. Make her admit the truth and inform the school board. Or, his quote, life would be in danger. Two weeks later, Mary and Ron eventually told three people about the letters they'd been receiving. Ron's sister, Karen, her husband, Paul Threshall, and Paul's sister, after the letter writer threatened to broadcast the affair on TV, radio, and billboards. Ron wrote letters to the suspects claiming that he knew their identity and the letters did stop for a while, but indecent signs began to circulate around Circleville. Many of these signs accused Gordon Massey of having a sexual relationship with Ron and Mary's 12 year old daughter. Then the phone rang on August 19, 1977. Ron answered the phone, believing he was talking to the Circleville writer, even thinking he recognised the voice. He took his gun to confront the stalker, but was found dead in his truck, aged 35, where he had crashed into a tree later that evening. Ron's gun had fired at some point between leaving his home and crashing his truck, but police never recovered the bullet. He was initially deemed to be drunk driving. His blood was 1.5 times the legal alcohol limit although his family claimed he didn't seem drunk when he left the house. His death was ruled an accident by the sheriff, Dwight Radcliffe, who will pop up again when discussing the theories later. The letter writer continued to send notes, again accusing Mary Gillespie of having an affair, and of Sheriff Radcliffe covering up Ron's death. Soon Mary actually began a public relationship with the school superintendent Gordon Massey insisting it was only started after Massey's divorce but few believe this chronology and soon it was Mary's life that was in danger. In 1983 on her drive to work Mary saw a sign on the side of the road threatening her daughter's life. She then pulled the sign down and it was a booby trap hiding a box with a gun that would go off when she pulled the sign down but luckily for her, it malfunctioned. She called the police, who tracked the gun serial number to Mary's brother-in-law, Paul Freshaw, one of the three people who knew about the initial letters. Freshaw said that he'd lost track of the gun years before, but was arrested anyway by Sheriff Radcliffe. Freshaw did a handwriting test where he had to reproduce some of the Circleville writers' letters and a handwriting expert testified that he thought it was Freshaw. He also had no alibi, so Paul Fresher was sentenced to 7 to 25 years in prison in Lima, Ohio. But the letters, all postmarked from Columbus, still continued once Paul Fresher was in prison. Fresher was even placed in solitary confinement, but the letters kept coming. Even though there was no proof that Paul was sending these letters, he was denied parole because of them. Paul even received a letter while in prison saying, quote, Now, when are you going to believe that you aren't going to get out of here? I told you two years ago, when we set them up, they stay set up. Don't you listen at all? Despite this, he eventually was granted parole in 1994. This was because new witnesses came forward claiming to have seen a man with sandy hair driving a yellow El Camino near the booby trap that nearly ended Mary Gillespie's life. Paul had a blog for several years maintaining his innocence before he died in 2012. The last to receive a letter were the producers of TV show Unsolved Mysteries in 1994. After they aired an episode about the Circleville writer, they were sent this, quote, Forget Circleville, Ohio. Do nothing to hurt Sheriff Radcliffe. If you come to Ohio, you, El Sickos, will pay. The Circle of a Writer. After Paul Fresher was cleared for the attempted murder of Mary Gillespie, many theories began to emerge about the real identity of the Circle of a Writer. One includes David Longberry, a colleague of Mary Gillespie and one of the first people she initially suspected. She had rejected advances from Longberry, so she believed he was bitter over this and then started sending these letters as revenge. Paul Fresher eventually wrote a letter to David, demanding that he cease threatening the Gillespie family. After Ron Gillespie's death, Longberry did pass a polygraph test, but we know that these tests are often inaccurate. For me, the case for Longberry is convincing, especially because the writer was so adamant about Mary Gillespie ending her affair with Massey. Another theory is around the man in the El Camino. The day of the attempted murder, a bus driver saw a suspicious man standing next to a yellow El Camino, who was seen at the same spot as the booby trap. To top it off, the eyewitness description sounded like the complete opposite of Paul Fresher. He was even believed to be Karen Fresher's boyfriend. And that leads us on to our next suspect, Karen Fresher, or Paul Fresher's ex-wife. Paul and Karen Fresher divorced after Paul learned that Karen had cheated on him through one of the Circle of the Writer's letters. Paul received custody of the couple's children, while Karen moved into a trailer in Mary Gillespie's backyard. Was Karen trying to kill Mary to frame and punish Paul? A popular idea is that the writer was actually multiple people. Some even believe that the writer was David Longberry at first, and then Karen Fresher, following her divorce from Paul. don't have a definitive theory over the motivations of the circle of a writer, however some chilling patterns do create some ideas. For example, the writer wrote to Dr Ray Carroll, the county coroner, accusing him of being a paedophile, who was actually later charged with 12 counts of gross immorality, sex crimes, corruption of a minor, pornography, obscenity and indecent exposure in December 1993. Additionally, David Longberry, the man who Mary Gillespie assumed was the circle of a writer, forcibly raped an 11-year-old girl in 1999. He went on the run and, as of this episode, is still a wanted fugitive. So was the writer some sort of twisted vigilante who thought they were doing the right thing, exposing people's secrets? Or were they just vindictive and cruel, which would explain the unfair treatment of Paul Fresher? would make the theory that David Longberry, then Mary Fresher, was the circle for a writer more likely. As I've said before, I'm not a professional and you can form your own conclusions on what really happened. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.